turned out to be completely unreliable assholes. Did you wash your hands? No, I never wash my hands. You want a fist pump? Hello, Tim. <laughs> Great. Oh, Ryan! Hey, Tim. What's up, man? Hi. You know what? So why I'm so happy? Why? Because I don't have a congested head, nor do I have a hammer in my head. Oh, good. These are good things. Good. Well, then we expect you to be as alive as ever because you did fine despite being cold. And yeah. Having a cold. And being cold. No. And being cold. Yeah. Well, I listened to it. I was, yeah. I mean, you know, my voice was like pretty rough, but whatever. We got, got through, through it. it. And <gasps> you're here to see another day for episode 25 of Dismembering Horror. No, 26. 26. Got to be 26. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 26 of Dismembering Horror. Yeehaw. Episode 26, a.k.a. the episode where Ryan and Tim try to justify a rape scene. <laughs> Let's see how they do. I refuse. Yeah. To justify it. Although, I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. This will be interesting. <laughs> okay, let's skip ahead, Tim. Did you enjoy this movie? Hell yeah. Would it have worked the same without the rape scene? That's the big question. Ooh, that is a good question. I I don't think it would have been as effective, no. So there's our starting point for today. And uh, I think Damn. it was good to mention this up yeah. front because yeah. we are a, a two dudes talking about whatever well, horror movies podcast. So yeah. it's like... We are the last ones to be an authority on all this, so uh... right. But I think there's some interesting stuff to to discuss in in how you go about sensitive uh, subject matter. Yeah, and I think it's it is important actually because it can be exploitative and fucked, right? And but you it know can what? also be really effective art. I uh, just talking about. I mean, oh, that's a th- really th- weird way to put it. Well, but, I thought you, you know. might have been referring not to this film, but this podcast, no, no. <laughs> and um, that's why I wanted the, the only thing I had yeah. uh, was to get it out up front. There. I think it's good. Yeah, just so it's like you, yeah, you you know where we're gonna because, we're gonna dive into because last bit, week so. we pulled um, we pulled from the hat. That's how we choose our films here. The last house on the left. Uh, for the 2009 and remake, we ended mm-hmm. up watching the unrated version. Yeah. And, uh, well, just real quick, the only sort of thing I wanted to mention about last week, Tim, was remember when we pulled it, it's like, oh, how funny. We were just talking about this. We weren't talking about any other movies before we recorded that podcast. It was really weird that we were yeah. talking about this movie. I f- forget how it came I up. I don't remember either. There was a reason it came up. I think it just was related to Wes Craven and it somehow made me yeah, think of it and then go, oh, yeah. Somehow Ugh. we got on this movie, you know, and Tim had seen it when it came out and I hadn't seen it. But anyway, it just was one of those things where it was like I get frustrated when it's like you hear in passing. Oh, yeah, we were just talking about that. No, like, like I was right just kind of freaking out a little bit when that <laughs> happened and I pulled it. Well, I also thought it was weird a few weeks ago when we were like talking about 
Suspiria, and then we pulled a, an Argento film. Yeah, so I was like, "What the hell?" And then the two like from uh, the two submissions from friends that we actually yeah. have were yeah. in a row. <laughs> so we were already excited about whatever we're pulling, and now I continue to see how this serendipity at play plays out. Yeah, but uh, for today, should we already announced what it is? Should we get into it? Yes, let's All right. trailer it. Trailer it for the Last House on the Left, two thousand nine. Are we there yet? We are making the turn now. It's the last house on the left, in case you forgot. It is the only house for miles, Dad. Do you guys need the car today? I was thinking I could meet up with Paige. Have fun. I don't think we've met. I'm Paige. This is Mary. Hey. What do you feel like doing tonight? I think Justin here could be kind of cute. <laughs> Evening. You knew not to bring anybody back here. We made the front page. That's what's going on. This is none of our business. I'm sorry, ladies. Oh, my God. We just can't risk it. Oh, no. No. Please. These are two lovely girls, Justin. Bring her back. You got her. Now what? I saw a house back there. Where do we start? Well, with the summary of the film. Oh, okay. I can do that. Do you want me to do it? Do you want to do it? Uh, Well, you volunteered, so. (laughs) Shit. Okay. Um, A year after the death of their son, John and Estelle? Emma. Emma. Thank you. Oh, right. They say it like 20 times. John and Emma Emma, uh, Collingwood and their daughter go to their lake house. Um to sort of move on or like face the the year of mourning they haven't been there and it reminds them of their dead son cool they're in the woods secluded mary wants to go into town john and emma are reluctant because you know they already lost one kid foreshadowing and so mary goes into town and a couple really bad decisions are made by her and her friend and a group of essentially psychopaths. Um, Who just a, escaped convicts. Yeah, escaped convicts. Get a hold of them and do horrible things to them. And the story is the story of John and Emma um, exacting their revenge. Yeah. Um, and there's so much more going on, yeah. but you know, in and it's interesting. Stroke. You could actually give the summary. I think that's the way to do it is that's the thrust of the story is with, um, with Marie, the girl, the daughter, but the, it's if you Mary. remember, you know don't what? Get, don't it's get fancy. No, I wasn't getting fancy. It's <laughs> it is spelled. That's M-A-R-I, why it was because they were getting fancy <laughs> yeah. and it's spelled M-A-R-I and I was looking at it. <laughs> I wasn't getting fancy intentionally. <laughs> But Mary. <laughs> yes, Mary. Mary. Um, yeah, no, it's totally her story. But, That's uh, true. But uh, it was just interesting when we'll get into this. It's almost like a case of switching protagonists. And, like, the film started with the bad guys. It did. Yeah, opening. you're right. You're right. So, like, could also be put from their perspective. But yeah. the whole point is that... Never mind. I'm just getting way ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> How would you... The whole point is... Never mind. Stay, Never stay mind. tuned. <laughs> uh, so, how would you rate this? Okay. In our so, system? to to your opening point, 
I rate this as rent. Definitely wa- like watch it, rent it, pay money to see it. I, I But in thinking about it, I was like, I'm not sure that I can really justifiably, because this is, to, you know, our suggestion to ourselves, right? I don't think I would really ever want to own a movie with a rape scene. It just, there's, I don't know. I just, for some reason, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to buy it. For mm-hmm. the, I think, I think what it is really ultimately, it's not, it's not just that there's a rape scene. It's that rape on film is really upsetting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's upsetting in general, <laughs> not just on film, but like to sit down and watch it is very difficult, you know, and even if the film is and if it's working for the film, so to speak, that's fine. But I just don't feel like I would want to own it. And that's saying something because I know how much you loved the second half. I'm, I'm not, I, I think fuck. that's a safe assumption. It is having watched this movie with you. the safest assumption <laughs> you've ever made. So. so it's really hard, but I think it's almost like saying, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to subject anybody to. Yeah. You would never go like, weird way. here, let's watch this. No. In fact, I think if I was, if I was ever in a situation, cause I really, really, really like this movie. If I was ever in a situation kind of like the one we were in, but like, if I was like, Hey, this movie's amazing. Let's watch it. I would actually say, but we can skip that scene, which is an interesting thing to your point. Like, do you have to have that scene for this movie to work? I don't know. So interesting debate to have yeah well you know i like to argue all sides and i never (laughs) as as much as i sound i (laughs) often don't agree with any of them (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so yeah it's a rent for me but definitely i i mean if you like if you like revenge and like visceral fucking catharsis that's to me that this movie is is full full force yeah, I guess, I mean, we'll get into what worked for me about it in more detail, but I was up there with Rent It too. Yeah. As a pure movie, it was of that tier and quality. Yeah. Like, you know, we reference, you know how I really didn't like the first Strangers movie? Uh-huh. It felt like that was an awkward in-between between like, like kind of the f- fun Blumhouse like slasher kind of thing and what this movie actually was. Yeah. You know, that was, yeah. that's a good way to put it as I was describing that it was an awkward in between. Sure. So this one was able to fully, it, it knew what it was more so in a way that like, and, and as, yeah, as we'll get into, um, was thought out in such a way. Yeah. I think where at least it had that attention to detail that brings me into a movie. And as you put it, the catharsis, sorry, now I'm just getting into it. Yeah. Rent it. <laughs> Rent it. Um, and... Yeah, no, even even though like you were sa- sounding like it would be maybe a buy for you if not for the scene, but for me it was like no, this was just, you know, it it wasn't as I said like a really high standard for buy it and it wasn't there for me. It's close, but no. Yeah. Yeah. But uh rent it which we did, which is us telling ourselves to. Well, it's interesting too because I would see this movie more than once guaranteed. And so that's why it's so close to a buy for me. Mhm. But then 
Not quite. But like you can go seven, eight years. That's right. Fine. No, that's right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's essentially what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Uh, let's just fucking go. Let's get into... Let's, let's fucking... Let's stick our hand right in the garbage disposal and turn that shit on. Into what worked. What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? <laughs> <laughs> worked like a charm, Smith. <laughs> what worked? What worked? Uh, oh man. I could start from the beginning. I have so much like stuff that I, know. I, I kind of, I do, do you too. have a good starting point? Okay. For me, I think the, the opening scene speaks to a larger success in this movie and it is immediately you, I think I was on board and, and kind of captivated by the lead character and the actor specifically and then you start thinking about all of the actors in this and i'm like oh shit you're talking about krug the lead krug, character? yeah krug yeah the guy who plays him whose name is is it's a, he's got a weird name so i'm not even sure how you pronounce it well it's last garrett name. It's dillahunt dillahunt yeah or dia hunt <laughs> he's i don't think he looks very <laughs> like a dia. okay fine so Garay Diaho, um, <laughs> Krug, Krug, who is the rapist, we'll say, yeah, is this is this is not the point I'm making that he's amazing at the thing that he does. That actor is amazing in this. But then I start thinking, everybody is so good at what they are tasked to be as characters in this movie. Every actor, like. I fucking love the dad. His name's Tony Goldwyn. I love that actor. I have no idea what else he's been in. It's cool because I was like, I liked them all from the, as far as like the parents and the killers. I'm like, they were kind of just like, okay, cool. When it started by the end, like everything you're saying about them really sunk in for me and their performances. Yeah. So that to me, I, and even the two shitty cops that get killed, they're the first kill. There's something kind of like, yep, those are those guys. Yeah. I don't know. It it's a really weird thing. I just think that the the casting director and and the team that that agreed that these were the people fucking nailed it. Yeah. And when that happens, your it it takes it takes off um it, it, I don't know how you even put this. It, it makes the movie sail mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's never a thing that you have to think about. Mm -hmm. You're never questioning somebody's performance. You're never fucking taken out of it by, by, you know, eh, you know, they're okay, but not great. It, for me, it like makes the movie really, really hum because yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah, everybody's dead on what they're doing and they nail it. Yeah. So. We'll talk about, um, I guess this is, I have a bigger talking point about the intro, but just to sort of say, like, I guess maybe one of the more uh, simple just things just right out that worked for me, that what made me think of it just now is you talking about the dad's performance. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with that once the turn happened, mm -hmm. once it becomes the parents getting revenge for what they, the, um, what they did to their daughter and their, her friend. Yeah. Um, so, so that, 
that turn I loved as far as it being um, structurally. That's what I'm getting at. Sure. This is the kind of film where it's like just by the sheer fact that it, um, yeah, had the atypical structure of like, you know, it's about the girls going off and then nor, no, I don't want to say normally, but like, let's say like Wolf Creek is maybe an example, which so, is great. Um, unfortunately, I have not seen Wolf Creek okay. and it's on my list. Like I... I I just haven't seen it. Well, just as far as, you know, we're with the actual protagonist, like the whole time, the clear oh, okay. protagonist, you know? Sure. Um, the, um, yeah, yeah, that, sorry, my brain's breaking. We don't usually record these in the evening, Tim. <laughs> I'm not on it like we are. Come on, we'll pull it together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let me actually find that note here. Yeah, that turn, like any movie, I, I, like for seeing something that is formulaic, it usually takes me out of a movie or keeps mm-hmm. the movie from getting elevated to a certain point for me. Sure. So just by the fact that we had switching protagonists, like it, it hooked me. And also maybe we'll get right into it. I think it helped, uh, <laughs> will justify the rape scene in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, and like, I don't think we're saying that it's like just... rape is good. No, it's just, that's the story. And it, and it has the I think appropriate story effect, yeah, to motivate the characters to do what they end up doing. Yeah. So like I was already into this the, the girls' story going on though, like in that kind of more okay, this is just fine. It's gonna just be a whatever. Girls getting away from the bad guys mm-hmm. movies. I was already into that in that kind of fun way that um, I was forgetting like, oh, wait, no, it's going to do that turn right. where the, the, the parents switch to the protagonist. You know um, what? Oh, go on. So that was uh, so much that I was actually thinking at the time that like, I know the rape scene is about to happen. It doesn't have to. Like they could just escape and then they're chasing after him. Like it was just kind of funny. That, sure, like, sure. If was it so, was that movie. So yeah. on that thread. But then... Um, but then once once the turn happened, I kind of remembered what the movie was. I went, okay, so the story is, in essence, this is a movie that's about what would you do if this happened to your daughter? Right. And you can't take away the this right. and have the same movie. You could argue how it was shot or how sure. it was shown, but as far as it happening and it being movie about, yeah, revenge revenge rape revenge from the parents like it yeah you can't take it out and have it be the same movie i agree i think that the moment that the doctor john the dad um is you know they they discover mary on the porch and they bring her in and he's sort of checking her to see what's wrong he sees that she's been shot but then he's kind of also examining her examining her to see what else is hurt on her and realizes that she's been raped that performance moment is so fucking powerful and so upsetting and so visceral like it made it made me kind of equal parts like sick to my stomach and just wanting to like weep for the situation yeah and to have that in this sort of you could kind of be like yeah it's last house on the left it's west craven sort of seek or it's not sequel remake whatever it's just a whatever borderline torture porn not slasher but romp i don't know what you call it to have that kind of response as a viewer in this movie is really a testament to 
good direction, good writing, good acting all coming together. The, like the that good writing moment is um, powerful. That uh, from the writing perspective, that moment worked for me where it was like in a lot of films, in a, a lot of horror films, making a character the doctor feels like a cop out mm-hmm. a lot. The dad being a doctor, maybe it was just because it was written well enough in other senses too is why it sure. worked. But being able to see him play that scene is kind of what I think made it extra powerful for me because it's like he is approaching this all very, you know, from that doctor kind of like just the facts yeah. approach. So then, you know, he knows that he is then has to tell the wife after he realizes yeah. it. So all that would have been different if he, you know, wasn't a doctor. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think what it does character wise is, you know, doctors are sort of tasked with being able to cope with trauma and horrific things because that's that's what they do in life. That's yeah. their job. And they have conditioned themselves to almost be um, removed from it. Right. And in his performance, I think what is so kind of compelling is that he is almost straining like to to maintain that um, separation and he can't. Yeah. And so he's like like bearing down. You know, almost like you would bear down if, well, if somebody was setting a bone or something. It's not like a... It's such a good yeah. choice as an actor to have that, like, strain. I read it as not as, like, a burying down and a strain, but, like, if, if like, what you said, he has that sort of, you know, when you when you approach the traumatic situations and your doctor, you sort of have this, yeah, doctor, whatever, that that, that approach to it that you, that you had said. Um, but, uh... Whatever that same attitude that you'd have as a doctor, that he he let that he he let the sort of anger and the revenge that he had to take in that primal mode he switched into fall under that sort of same like world view yeah. that he'd have as a doctor. Yeah, like you know this is the correct thing to do when I'm you know announcing a death as a doctor. Da da da. To the correct thing to do right here is to murder these guys. Is to save <laughs> my daughter and then yeah. murder these guys. Like yeah. that was kind of. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it, dancing with that in a way. It's mm-hmm. fucking intense. Yeah, but also you can't let go. Like you, man. The I think the thing that makes this movie, and what this movie is really sort of driving at the whole time is, effectively, is at every moment there is there are sort of two thoughts happening for the protagonists which are what's the right thing to do what's the pra- and what's the practical thing to do right like and the second we see them going well they have to save the, her her the daughter they have to practically speaking they have to do that right that takes precedence and then the second they deviate from that or seemingly deviate and say but those guys are still there and we're going to fucking kill them <laughs> you go as an audience you go <laughs> yep. Wait, what do you mean right and practical? Because I think like, right and practical are the same oh, and then it's I mean, and then it's wrong. What is right, practical, e- and then what is the wrong thing to do? Cause Well, I guess I guess what I mean in not maybe instead of right, what I mean uh the satisfying thing to like you mm-hmm. you go, yeah, you I guess I'm saying right in in terms of being like I feel that they're justified mm-hmm. in, in going after them. And that there's satisfaction in I think that. that's why this movie's so interesting yeah. is because that's kind of the moral question of our time. Right, right, right. We know murder and forgiveness and the death, you know, and our, our 
right things and the death penalty is the bad thing yet we all identify with this like a hundred percent yeah and there are other movies that that try to do that thing and try to look at that and explore it or whatever and they fail yeah there's a bunch of them well i think this is this one is not one of them that fails in my for for me at least i mean it just isn't okay i think i can tie this into kind of what i was going to say about the beginning what what i was going to say about the beginning and is kind of the um the the larger what is this movie about Mm -hmm. um so we were talking about the um you know the the right and wrong and and killing these killing these guys who did this to his daughter or not the the mom too you know she right. takes yeah. she takes action too i see this whole movie being an exploration meditation whatever you want to call it i guess meditation would be the wrong word <laughs> for this film um maybe but sort of that it's exploring that that how like the, the masculine feminine uh you know pol- the imbalance of the masculine feminine polarity mm-hmm. in the world mm. like that's kind of all the world's problems are because of that mm, yeah. imbalance of masculine feminine energies oh that's interesting and so so to 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 tie that into what we just said about you know the parents killing them it's like that i think you know things like you know feminine energy forgiveness Mm-hmm. you know love things like that we witness the parents you know <laughs> people yeah just doing falling into that that trap of no the masculine energy taking force revenge you just i should say negative because there's sure good and bad Absolutely. in both masculine and feminine energies um so yeah it's just you know it's about that larger question do you come do you not but like it was in there and really throughout the film like if you had this question in mind and that it was planted in my film from the very first lines with the, remember the cops, like you, mm-hmm. how you describe them where they're like such shitty cops. It's what you yeah. said. Um, <laughs> they're like the, the broiest like cops too, where they just were, were telling the, like the broiest kind of dude yeah. jokes, crude dude jokes, yep. I guess, you know? And it was kind of just sort of made us like, okay, well we're almost, you know, the, the bad guy who's the actual real bad guy in the back seat you know from the get-go we actually hate the cops more before we know who the characters are um yeah and they do a a really brilliant writing device too they 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 show like clearly he's a convict he's in the backseat of a cop car but you don't know that initially because the way they shoot it is that they show him clean in the Mm backseat um for a few takes a few shots and and he asks if he could go to the bathroom right. and they and they they say no and after they say no they cut to on the other side of the sort of whatever that barrier that like chain link kind of barrier mm-hmm. that separates the front seat from the back seat they cut so that that's in in frame um obscuring him and so initially you're thinking well he could just be a dude with these two dudes cuz you don't know it's a cop car either yeah Right? It, it takes a second to reveal it. You're right. And they and they shut him down, which makes us, before we know that he's a bad guy, have just the slightest bit of empathy for him. Because mm-hmm. we go, what dicks? Why'd they shut him down? He just needs to pee. And then we see he's the, he's the convict. He's the bad guy. But it's too late. We've already psychologically been given that little, that tip. Right. You know, to make us feel a little bit of, of sympathy for so, him, I guess, but is better than like empathy. It's completely taken away instantly. <laughs> yeah. But um, so if that convict who eventually commits the rape, that's a, that's 
what's I mean, what's so like how I at least how I put it, like why rape is so just on, you know, the worst of the worst. It's mm-hmm. like if it, yeah, as I said, that 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 masculine feminine imbalance like rape represents that um the ultimate the ultimate just like feminine oppression and right. like and as well as denial in oneself of that energy. Yeah. So that's yeah. why the cops making those jokes from the get go is just like <laughs> you don't really want to make a comparison making jokes and rape, but really it is that same spectrum of like yeah. feminine suppression yep. and oppression. So Definitely. it became a movie about that whole spectrum and how we all kind of fall in it. And it, it since it's a movie about that, it that's why I think it kind of like almost had to take it to the very extreme of it. But man, they, da- they dance a very delicate dance with it. And, and like, I think they, they just put their time in to sort of stay on the, I don't know if the appropriate is the right word, but like the, I think the, the, the effectively appropriate side of the line, because you, you could very easily tip into just the worst kind of exploitation. Yeah. And I actually think I haven't seen the original, but reading the synopsis, I was like, whoa, that's way worse. That sounds way worse. So I'll have to watch it to see, but well, you know. the very we can get off this whole yeah femininity masculinity energies thing with suit. I just have the very last well, example I had for that though. Okay, because I might have the same one. Okay, I mean, I'm curious. Well, it was um, and you know, this is to show it in the very lesser way how it was in there, and, and like yeah, the littlest of ways was when um the girls first join up with Justin mm-hmm. in the motel room, and you remember how like and so for me Justin represents someone who like is a good soul who's like aware of this disparity, this energy disparity in the world and how we have all our problems of mm-hmm. it. And as long as that's, that's, you know, that's the way the world is now and it's changing in our lifetimes. But uh, we can see he's, he doesn't know how to be in a world that the way it is, you know? Right. And he's be, and he is being oppressed by the old, version like the old um his father status quo the extreme masculinity and his father represents the unhealthy masculinity. exactly and even if he wanted to express a progressive sort of um contemporary view of the world his dad's like no fucking (laughs) way or if he wanted to express it in a way when like the girls were almost flirting with him yeah you know like I don't necessarily want to call it flirting, but it it's, sort of it's was, kind yeah. of this. Well, what it was, and this this is more the example I was getting at, where it was like seeing the girls taking control of the situation, mm-hmm. where it's like first like calling him cute, and then starting to give him like a little makeover. Yeah. Ooh, put on this dancing around Justin, da da da, playing with hair. his hair. That was totally like you know women feeling safe with who they're with, right. and then taking the power they should have. That yeah. you know the world. And that so desperately needs snatched but, yes, away. Exactly. So then it's the reversal of that yeah. that happens as soon as the bad guys, which is yeah. what we'll call them, come in, including the women of the group. Oh, they're using that yep. that bad masculinity to like take control and put it down. Yeah. And yeah, that that switch happening as fast as it does. That's what it I was is. About. I mean, this whole movie is such a good exploration of how to sort of teeter totter um, or seesaw, depending on what region you're from between you know back and forth between those sort of things of like of maybe even a little levity and then like we know that 
the second you start to feel good or safe or like comfortable, the teeter totter is going to fucking flip. (laughs) You know, you just know it's coming. And it's largely just because we've set up what a piece of shit Krug is. Right. Right. And so at any given moment you go, no matter what, he's going to, he's going to tip the scale back the wrong way. Right. And it's going to get gnarly. Yeah. And that, like that type of character is, it is the best type of villain mm-hmm. because, and and I think also how he, the actor approached it in having this sort of like almost, um, oh, what would you call it? He's got a calmness and sort of a like, what do you call the thing when you just sort of look at the other person blankly? Mm-hmm. You know, like. Uh, it's that in indi- it's a total lack he, of like when you said they're psychopaths you yeah know? he's indifferent but kind of in a weird like um it's that he's so stuck in whatever worldview he has as being the yeah. right one yeah like like trying to get his son to commit rape right you know it's like his worldview is that that'll make him a man and he's you and know? he's and like wrong and he's no. totally almost confused Mm -hmm. if you do anything that is different than his worldview well it's funny he's incredulous about it he's like what why would you even sorry why wouldn't you do it this way this is the way it's done i just said this is is funny which is a hard segue from what you just (laughs) said but like my thought during the the witnessing the insanity of these bad guys in the hotel scene and later motel was um how how create when like how whether it's like a couple or a few people you know they're all crazy it like it becomes a bubble where that just mm. you know churns and becomes more oh, and yeah. more insulated and that's what i think of in a different extent with like so many couples are like that that i know where it's like I know. they all become their insular kind of crazy not you know it's a bit that was just coming off of what i was just saying <laughs> but their insularness of yeah. like kind of their opinions on things or the way they do things, yeah. you know, it becomes sort of when something is not that it makes you feel like, you know, the, like the weird one stepping right. into their world. Oh yeah. So this was just the extreme version of that, you know? Well, yeah. And like when you're the, when you consider yourself the rational one, right. Objectively or not, Which whatever Krug does. Yeah. Right. But we, the viewer, it is, I mean, dude, we've all been around people who we go, Oh shit! They they are unmovable in their point of view, and yeah. it is very um, uh, disquieting to be around. I, I find right. it where I personally like it is like fight or flight response when I when I'm around a person where I go, oh, this person is they they're I don't want to they're it's not that they're crazy, but they are. They are so set in a uh, a point of view right. that I personally, maybe even fundamentally, disagree with. You go, oh shit! There's there's no reasoning. Well, with that's this what person. to put it back in movie terms, film terms, like you say, this was almost a kind of like rare instance, not quite harkening back, but like of a more modern film where the bad guy was so truly like a pure bad guy. It was like mm-hmm. in the sense of. You know, talk about the emperor versus Vader, like, you know, the emperor being that, you know, that takes a fantasy film, though, in order to have. Yeah. Yeah. But like in today's day and age, it's 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 harder and harder to write um, villains where we don't. And you almost have to take the supernatural bent a lot. It's harder where, where we don't sort of like. 
can get the windows into sort of how they're messed up or the psychology are. But it was just that this guy from the get-go was so far gone yeah. that that still really disturbs us and can be a true bad guy. And you're so right, though. It's it's his it's his um, view of the world is so it's just so fucking he's got such a clear blinders to anything else Mm -hmm. and that is scary it's super scary because Um, you can't fucking move him do you want let's let's move on here um yes (laughs) a case of uh i i liked I, I think you had the opposite reaction to this, but I, it's so hard to do in movies like of a, cha- a where we're sort of a case of chance, like, like actually works for the film where it doesn't feel like it's totally convenient or whatever. Or contrived. Yeah. yeah contrived. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, where it's both them driving. Yeah. It's where they end up in close proximity to her parents' house. Mm, therefore mm-hmm. she knows, like gets an idea for the escape. Right. Like, that the chances of them showing up at, you know, you said it was, you, I think a, a part of you was actually like, oh, it's pretty good chances. This was a small town. Yeah. But I, 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 I differ. I think it's like okay. still great because they could have gone, they were driving for a while to get from the, sort of the town to the house. It could have been any direction. True. I really do think it was like, what are the chances? And it was kind of like, you know, you're allowed one of those in a yeah. movie. Well, and they, and I think they, they massage the edges of that contrivance yeah well right? it's like she by her this, picking which turned again yeah, up to that point you go what are the odds that they got this far in the right direction to give her the opportunity yeah. to say oh no you should go left but it, it played well as it with did. because i think how it did that was we were with her when she goes oh crap this is right by my place yeah, oh my god yeah. oh my god we're here what can and we do look that that is something that happens in life yeah we experience this all the time where we go what are the fucking odds that we were talking about this movie right before we pulled it yes exactly <laughs> so yeah i think the i just think that the everybody involved really did their work how about then into the car crash that happened that was a that's good, a good some staging yeah i was like there's the whole budget right there <laughs> right boom boom yeah boom. it was good i just yeah i mean you could kind of just say all for me all in all across the board the pacing the 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 writing the acting like all of that stuff was just really really well done yeah i'm not saying that it is a perfect movie because there are certainly things that you can criticize but we will yes but <laughs> There's a, I think, an overarching just professionalism to this movie yeah. that is working on a surface level of, of the construction of things and on a thematic well, deeper like just, level. Yeah, so, so taken from that point, the car crash, it was working so well for me because it was like, oh, God, is she going to be injured enough to run away? Right. Uh, who's injured here? What are their friends? What are they going through? It was just sort of that, like, Jesse enough of Pinkman's a what's going to happen. Jesse face gets busted up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so since you mentioned that, I have uh, that Pinkman. Uh, I just wrote Pinkman. I love him. He's so good. Um, Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul is is. Fucking it was so great. funny because I'd literally never seen him in anything but Breaking Bad. Yeah. So like, yeah, I guess him... I've seen him in like two or three things. Maybe. Yeah, just he's so fucking awesome. But he, um, I mean, to, to get specific, one of my favorite moments of the whole movie is his nose getting reset <laughs> yeah. by the doctor, and then once. 
things turn and they're they're actually fighting the doctor uses that against him like reaches over his face and fucking re like smashes (laughs) his nose that is such a good gag to fucking set the setup and punchline of that is fucking amazing oh yeah i I, it like, did remind me of watching the, the Babysitter where it was this like yes! perfect setup moment. Oh, payoff, man, it's so payoff. fucking good. So all of the gags like or whatever you want to call them, I think are really fucking good. In the this. murder gags? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, just the, I guess, quote unquote, the 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 violence or the the hits. Let's call them the hits. Well, how you started the podcast, right? Mentioning the hand in the blend in the um, Fuck yeah, garbage dude. disposal. <laughs> well, and I mean to end it with a head in a microwave is kind of like <laughs> it is the how far can we take this? Oh man. Fuck yes. I love all that shit. It for I don't know why I love it so much, but it really does hit I think the things that I love, which are I like I like the visceralness of all that shit and I like I think this is why I like body horror because it's fucking I thought of it that. Gets you, it gets your yeah. fucking skin crawling, but it's like there's there's a release to it too. Like it's it's you know what I think it is it's it's and this is what I think a lot of good horror this is why it's good is that it's it's the roller coaster effect mm-hmm. right roller coasters their whole their whole setup is predicated on the anticipation and buildup of adrenaline and then the drop and the so, drop releases the adrenaline yeah. and makes you go i i know that i'm not actually going to die but my body has been tricked into potentially thinking i might die up until this moment and then you get this cathartic release of fucking which you had because again i want to bring back to you at the end of the movie tim he like you stood up tim tim was all (laughs) this movie's just so satisfying (laughs) you know like yes referring to the second half but um so i want to bring up again when i mentioned it there that i think that was because of the presence and therefore the consequences yes. of the rape scene. A hundred percent. Because like to continue your roller coaster metaphor, I think a scene like that is the looking over the side when you're going up, 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 mm-hmm. up, up, you know, and like just being <laughs> looking into oblivion, yeah. you know, yeah. your death, whatever. Yeah, it really is. You're staring the worst thing that could happen in the face. Yeah. And your body is getting so fucking primed up by that. And so everything else, all of the release is so satisfying because you need it That's to it, counterbalance. It's it's not exactly the same, but it's not no. totally dissimilar from what we were talking about with um, X-Day hair extensions, that, oh, yeah. that juxtaposition of having yeah. like child abuse with sort of the crazy, more like fantastical horror moments. Right. It was a different way of sort of putting us at the top of the roller coaster yeah. before dropping us down. That's interesting. So I think that the lesson you know, is is sort of to explore that if you're going to make effective horror. That's part of... Because I don't think of this as scary mm-hmm. at all. But, like, the whole, the, the whole I, reason I we're the doing the podcast, yeah. right, is to look at what makes horror good and, and like, to, to seek out sort of the whys of, of horror. Like, why is this effective? Why does this scare me? Or, you know get me worked up right and this is one of the better uh, sort of conclusions of that search well we this is connect connect it connect it to we uh i i submitted that we watch this because i saw it was on some list of stephen king's favorite movies oh, of sure, the millennium yeah. or whatever 
Um, and so there was something in um, in on writing and no, it was actually his book on horror films where he talks about the three levels of horror. And oh. I, I forget them exactly, but the the, the first <laughs> I remember the first one being the really unnerving, truly disturbing, like the one I'm always getting out of, like The Shining, the sort of uh-huh. on unshaky ground, whatever. You know, he puts it much more simply after I'm sure whatever how many chapters. But anyway, the the then there's like the sort of growth the the bottom one though is this sort of the easy gross out whatever yeah. intense stuff yep. did you find it there yeah you're right he said uh gross out is you know like sight of severed head tumbling down a flight of stairs is his example so what we have curiosity what's the middle one so the let's see gross out uh the horror the unnatural spiders the size of bears dead walking up, waking up walking around yeah um lights go out and something with claws grabs you by the yep. arm that that one and the last and worst one is terror yep when you come home and notice everything you own has been taken away and replaced uh, by an exact substitute, which actually is probably <laughs> largely what um, Jordan Peele's next movie, Us, is about, which yeah. I'm very excited about. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, so that, that but one that, that's the most... this is the terror one. Well... Right? Like, so I, I, mean, I, I, I guess I it's all using, three, maybe. I was using first and last differently than you put it right there. I was saying last is the most, like, just easy kind of gore visceral uh-huh. one. Um, so I was going to say, like, yeah, it is... Maybe this is the pure exploit exploitation of that level of horror but like i did think you know the whole rape scene was really scary like oh, in the yeah. moments surrounding oh, it oh fuck yeah like yeah it, it could be you could say it's cheap because it is just an execution on that level that's kind of the point he makes it's like there it's harder to do the tear and then it gets subsequently easier you know sure. to, to down the levels but i would argue that this does the terror oh yeah because For identifying sure. with the parents and the situation oh. absolutely yes for um, sure. And so uh, anyway, this is a way to get to I actually what worked for me and uh, this is maybe not so much a film, but it worked for me like this film. It hadn't had it loved for a long time where it proved to me that I wasn't totally desensitized to movies. <laughs> and yeah, it, sure. was, it was the rape scene. But really, it was it was a moment before the actual moment itself that that put me there in that sort of that really scared, you know, gross level, which was um, Paige, the friend getting stabbed. Like, like you could tell they had those, which we read about, they had those like sort of um, ambulance, you know, uh, medical consultants on set Mm -hmm. or whatever, Mm -hmm. how that stabbing looked. And it was the fact that she was in her bra with her short shirt off. Yeah. Like just the stabs, the, the way they were, the way that everything about it, the way they sounded, it was just so just, it, it wasn't like another, you know, horror movie you know well and 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 in a weird way because you had mentioned that you think maybe that that scene or parts of that scene are what what made this the unrated version that maybe they cut parts of that i found pages stabbing to be the least like gratuitous like I don't think it's like that's it, what struck me about it. Exactly, is it was just, I think it, it's it was like there, it it's like oh no, when 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 we show this in this movie, because we're gonna get gratuity later with the with the kills, <laughs> but this is not the the scene for that. This is the scene for this is the realist shit. Yeah, at that and, moment we were buying it that these characters would stab her there. And then. Yeah, and the way it's depicted, and you know, when he stabs her, it's not like blood fucking gushes out. It's just sort of trickles out, and like, 
I don't know that that's how it would work in real life, but the fact that it's dark, dark, mm-hmm. almost black and not like gushing red blood and it mm-hmm. kind of trickles out is way more unnerving. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. She's already dead almost. Right. I know. And it was just at that level too, where it's like, if this was like a movie movie, we think maybe she could just survive, but we're like, no, this looks Mm -hmm. like she's dead. And that's what was, and I liked them at this point too. So it's, yeah. And just, I mean, I guess I've seen it before. So I knew that she died, I I guess, but I didn't really remember how. And just, just the dread of it Mm -hmm. leading up to that scene. It's like, you just, you know, she's going to fucking get it. Yeah. And just, the anticipation of that dread because that scene actually goes on for quite a fucking long time right um well yeah so what also went on for a long time which uh man (laughs) which really worked for me i was so into like their escape you wanted them to get out so bad and they had all these little moments where it was like they're screaming for help for people who can't hear them where they just get caught again but finally as our main hero the daughter mary she and it's set up where she's a um a swimmer, right. which actually worked for me too. A lot of the times yeah. that sort of set up like, but it was interesting set up payoff because we're programmed that, okay, this is how she gets away, right. you know? And right. I was actually feeling that again, I was forgetting what kind of movie it was or not knowing the remake. If maybe she played a bigger part in it, uh-huh. you know, and wasn't incapacitated, but she shot like, like right at, like at the last moment, right before she gets around, yeah. like the, the outcropping of rocks where she right. be safe. <laughs> Yeah, so that dude. worked for me in that pure just like not knowing if she was going to make it or not. Get away, get away, get I away. Mean, it oh, is a crap. It is a that up and I mean, the whole movie really is just such a dread inducing movie. It's the same. It's the teeter totter, man. It's like every time you think it might go OK, they're like, nah, that's not this movie. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> and that is right. That, which, it is. A, it is hard on you. Exactly. Which was like <laughs> that setup of, oh, she's a swimmer. Maybe she's going to make it. Yep. Nope. No, she sure as shit isn't. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus. So, um, well, everything. Can, uh, we just both started talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna. Uh, there's a thing that I wanted to circle back to to yeah. sort of your earlier point about the the kind of the balance of of things. There is a there is a cinematic moment that, that that I think really depicts this as one of my favorite moments of the movie that is not a violent moment. Um, that's such a weird thing to say. <laughs> Whatever. Um, the moment is right as as um, I mean I want to call him Pinkman, so let's just call him Pinkman. His character's name is Francis. Let's call him Frank. Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. So Jesse Pinkman has has come in. He's come in from the guest house. Um, and he's being a creep ball and flirting with Emma and Emma is flirting back because she, mom, yeah. she now knows, right? Like Mary has come back. Um, she's seen the necklace, which I love. I love the whole necklace fucking Me too. plant and all of that stuff. Um, and they get in the fight and they're fighting and fighting and fighting. And they, and they finally, um, I think they've they've momentarily incapacitated pinkman like it's it's right because because pinkman gets emma on the table with the knife Mm -hmm. she's already stabbed him she's gotten him or pinkman gets her on the table and is fighting back 
And then I believe John runs in and kind of tosses him off of her and they both fall down. Yeah. And there's a moment where John and Emma grab hands and they pull each other up. Oh, right. And it is like, we're fucking... Because John has said earlier, he's like, are you prepared to do whatever it takes? And it's like, this is the moment where they grab hands and they look at each other. And I'm like, it. this movie is about to get fucking awesome it's gonna get fucking awesome (laughs) and it does and they fuck jesse up they do like holy shit they fuck him up and it is so satisfying because he is such a piece of shit and like they're all pieces of shit but of course he's the lowest of the of the three so he's gonna get it first but he gets it fucking good that's what that's I, I was having trouble figuring out how to articulate this. I kind of just put the impending deaths of each of the character had weight to them in a way that they do you know don't normally, but I meant more by that. I was I was trying to say like it's just each character like had such a sort of, you know, presence or it was mm-hmm. like despite minimal characters, every sort of every sort of um I don't know, like pot, like 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 each person, like you, you had a lot of, you know. Yeah, I don't they have their I mean. own nuance. Like they have little, you know, idiosyncrasies yeah, to was, them that we we. I think it part of it is that I just mean the, every death uh, was going to be a big deal. Every person yeah. was a big deal. That's yeah, what I was because to say. they because they've already set up even in in limited sort of ways, they've set up archetypes of these of the bad guys. Yeah, and those archetypes are landing really well for all sorts of reasons. <laughs> and so when they get it. You're like fuck yeah, you got it because you deserve to get it. How about and that? That yeah. first because Pinkman is the first act, like first time that the parents kill somebody, right? Likely well, in and, their lives, right? Yeah, and and so that moment of like grabbing hands is like saying, yeah, we're gonna kill this motherfucker, and dude. Well, it not only is working what I'm saying for the deaths, but also for the almost like succeeding. Like remember when yeah. they, they're about to kill the main bad guy yeah, yeah, and like going into his room, but they hear, they hear the gun, you know, clicking. And then he like holds up the mattress. And I know there's the oh. fracas and he jumps out the window. All that was just so, Oh no, I gotta I get him. I gotta get him all cut out. That scene is so good. And I love, I just love the fact that you have this again, kind of to your point of the balance of of masculine and feminine. You have John taking on, um, what's the girl? What's the girl's name? She's got a weird name. Do you remember? Um, oh, the, the bad one. Yeah, the bad girl, like uh, Sadie. Yeah, so that was Sadie. Sadie. Yeah, so Sadie. Um, John's taking her on in the bathroom, and it's a fucking like it's a beat them up, knock them down, drag out kind of fucking throw people against bathroom the wall fight. shit. Yeah, close quarter fight, and it. And having Emma fucking shoot her in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a, Dude. That was a good kill. Like that moment. That was a good. And it just Fuck. feels right. Sorry. right? So like, I, I always try to, I always try to limit my swearing, Tim, but it can be, <laughs> con- this time. it can be contagious with you. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my God. I mean, it is, it just feels so appropriate that Emma's the one that's like you enough with this fucking fight in in, right. in in the in the bathroom like fuck you get away from him i'm just going to end it and again, i'm going to fucking end it deaths have deaths wolves deaths had weight to them yes that's why big just, time to sort of stay around this this whole um area of the film i loved it when justin finally did stand up to his dad mm-hmm. not just as 
I, I love that in itself. But like for all the times that we've seen the moment where someone pulls a trigger and it's out of ammo, like this is the best one of those yeah. I've seen because yeah. not only did it play well as just sort of like, oh, I actually wasn't, it actually could have gone either way. Like I didn't see it coming. Um, it <laughs> should have probably, <laughs> but um, that is an example of like confirmed almost patricide. Like yes. usually it's like, that's huge. Yes. He's killing his dad. Like, dude, granted, you know, but and still. I think because of all of the setting up of the the dad being disappointed in him and, and his his dad sort of view of him as this impotent right. thing. Well, I guess the moment started, which we, you had mentioned earlier, which was one of my other favorite moments. A little thing was just the way um, the way Justin, the kid, left the necklace as the clue yeah. for the parents to put together. Um which actually was yeah, funny. It's a betrayal, right? Like right. Theor- theoretically, it's a betrayal, but like it's a betrayal to a piece of shit and a confirmation of like some moral, like actual, you know, the do the kid's not a complete fucking, you know. That was the kind of like of shit, right? That was the kind of setup, just in movie terms. I'm usually not crazy about, or feels like a little forced to me, or whatever. That I know, like. You're you're more of a fan of those things where it's like I like the sort of set you know not like the setup we were payoff we were talking about but just kind of like these little like yeah the little maybe it's objects being tied being used that way sometimes is true done not well in ways I love the nuggets yeah but this one uh, this one really worked for me yeah when he left it and the way he wrapped it around the mug I'm like this kid's smart great this movie's smart it's just yeah man the characters are so fucking well fleshed out I just. It, that's what I love about it. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Where else do we have? Okay, so a couple things, just the just little things like the 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 reversal of things, like you were saying. Like we need we we've got a plan. We're gonna get them out in the boat, and we're gonna get out of here. Oh, we can't find the boat keys, and then we spend a lot of time with that just hanging there, mm-hmm. right? Like other shit starts happening. They got to deal with fucking the fights and the killings and all of that shit. But at the end of the day. We got to get the boat, right? That still is the solution because they don't have a way to get to a hospital. That was great. We just have to find the boat keys. Yeah. (laughs) I love shit like that because it's not, it's not heavy handed. It's just a practical matter of how do we solve our problem. And it was too perfect. They were in like the The unused champagne party glass that had to fall over. Yeah. Like that's like, oh yeah, totally. That is where someone would. Yes. It's just logic. It's all logic. That's what I love. I love clean logic. Mm -hmm. It fucking makes sense. And you go, fuck yeah. (laughs) I'm actually ready to move on to what didn't work. Do you have anything else that you really got to get in? We've been at it for a while here. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I think I, um, no, <laughs> okay, speak now for every old your piece. He did not. Let's okay. Move on the only to... thing I'll say oh. is, Paige, you fucked up because <laughs> yep. you wanted to smoke some weed. Yep. But it's not your fault, Paige. It's Justin's fault because he offered. Right. Right. He told him. It, he told her it was good weed. That's right. <laughs> Don't do drugs. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> okay so yeah what this is just a dumb little thing but and there's so little of it but there are a couple in the first act there are a couple really really basic camera setups that i hate i fucking hate they're so dumb and basic and i'm like there's all sorts of great shit 
filming wise in this i mean not like there's not fucking you know crazy argento shit going on but it just is <laughs> it, it's clean great you know like it the story moves the camera it's feels all storytelling right. right but then there's like two or three times where i where like so i think the first time it happens emma and mary they've just pulled up to the house they get out and they have a a two-person conversation and it's just a two shot on them standing next to each other unnaturally look facing the house and i'm like why just just pan do something follow them into the house this whole conversation could happen on the move or with uh, over the shoulder or something. Oh, but you mean so it was like a moment just, where they were like, Let's stand here hey, so it's we can play it for camera? Yes. Mm-hmm. It, and then it happens a little bit later and it drove me not seeing it twice. Um, but I think to they make up for it um, by having two shots that are kind of match shots. Um one in the first act when they get to the house, they they have a um a steady cam follow shot of her walking up to the boathouse, the red boathouse, and they and she goes around the corner and the camera loses her and follows the boat you know, the wall of the boathouse and then comes around the corner and, and catches up with her. They match that shot later when John is running to the boathouse. Okay. And it is so in the first one, it's really smooth and quite beautiful, and the color is great and vibrant. It's this red barn or whatever. And then the second one, when John's running in, it's like just after total freneticism, and the camera is all over the place, flying around, and you barely see anything. But it is the exact same move, right? Yeah. It's like walking down the dock, tra- taking the left, coming around Wait, the are corner. you saying you didn't like this? No, I'm saying that they made up for the two things that oh. I hated by <laughs> by a thing that I liked that I didn't get to put into what worked. <laughs> okay, so you did get in your last word. Good. I had I, forgotten about this, it. I only had a couple little, very little, little things. Okay. What did not work. Um, This is, I think, more personal preference thing, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of like picky attuned to the movie music being like overused so that beginning like just from the get-go where it was like already so like intense with the killing the cops and having them bleed over the pictures of his kids uh, yeah. and it was just that you know do 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 i don't even know what it was but I, it was yeah, i don't even it was, remember it was movie music i don't know yeah. it was just sort of there are a few too many moments at the same time like i appreciated that it wasn't so stark you know like it i was able to sort of then by the time it got into the kills, like get into it that in that mm-hmm. little bit of a movie way that was necessary. But like as the actual rape scene, for example, like, of course, you know, no music. Yeah. So that's an example of like, you know, how that how that works. Yeah. And it was like everything else. OK, if, if that. Yeah, that's the most serious thing to happen. But then does that mean everything else wasn't serious? I don't know. I'm just I'm just like very hesitant always as, you know, from a filmmaking perspective. Someone who makes films, I'm always like, like what? I, I don't look at it as a default ever. And it always no. sort of comes last for me. And like I kind of don't think to use it unless I really think to use it, you know? I think you make a really good point because I, I can't really remember the music in this at all. Yeah. But I remember the tone and the the kind of baseline feeling that the music gives you and it actually i think is a disservice to this movie yeah because it it makes me think that this movie especially in the like you're saying in the opening when she goes swimming it's very like dun 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 dun, dun, like or whatever the fuck it is but it's it's too it's too kind of 
it, God, I don't know. It feels like music from a shittier movie, <laughs> yeah. but of of a movie of its time of this sort of yeah, exactly. You know that I'm like, oh, don't no no don't do that weird sort of bullshit studio kind of glossy movie like Stephen King. You know, thing I want to. I don't like. I want to get to more later. Kind of you know since he was the one. Uh, Stephen King was the one. I was like, okay, I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Like something else he said I didn't want to mention later was like he, he was standing by that if it had been like a, you know, a foreign film or whatever, foreign language film, that this film would be on the same level as blah, 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 blah. Sure. You know, that kind of like if it had that, <laughs> just a foreign language would have given an art house sensibility. But I think the music, more than it just being in English, ruined its sort of like chance at being a full that's art an, house film. That's a good question because I'd like to go go back to some of the, the high... um like high tension, yeah. um, irreversible. Those French. There's a series of French right. ones. I think there's. I'm a, talking more like the funny games and you know things yeah, like yeah, that. Um, yeah, but vanishing. It, right. So crap. so I want. I I don't. I can't really actually recall what the music in those is <laughs> yeah. like. It's probably really sparse, right? Mm-hmm. But it'd be interesting to go explore those a little bit to see what they were doing. Yeah, because I think yeah, you're right. It was a little too much just in the mode of like an aughts horror horror yeah. film you know yeah exactly it's like they hired yeah whoever they hired just did the the thing that they've been doing a bunch yeah and churning it out so the only other thing i have hmm. just little moment little moment the jump scare it wasn't necessarily that it was a jump scare itself it was pretty cheap but right before when she's waiting for uh the friend to come out of the motel <laughs> and the housekeeper oh man she, it's it would have been fine if she had like like knocked like how a person would but she slammed like Like her whole open palm (laughs) boom 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 you know excuse me miss are you she's i'm like what and what she she's like showing her a set of keys yeah are these yours are these yours whatever jesus christ lady calm down couldn't you have just like gently (laughs) knocked i was it was just one of those where like I hope not I hope it was just like she did it that way and no one said anything that'd be more forgivable but I totally see it as like oh you know maybe it'd be more scary or if if you did it louder and oh how do I do it louder and it's just like no like if the rest of the movie was so good at being kind of this realistic approach yeah why not something as simple as that (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) i don't know i mean silly but it it stood out you know i get it i i i i liked it for the fact for the effect of it but i I totally agree yeah right (laughs) that's why we laughed exactly i'm really kind of i'm hard pressed to find much more that i didn't that didn't work for me Mm -hmm. um Krug's weirdly shaved chest kind of didn't say work Krug, for me. I say Krug. Krug, whatever. <laughs> His weird shaved chest, I was like... Doesn't do it for you, Tim? Yeah, I was like, I feel like I feel like he would just be au natural. Mm-hmm. He had this sort of like, he didn't shave it clean with a ra- like a straight razor. He, he just did a trimmer. And Maybe. so it's like, you know, it's like two millimeters long and creepy you have looking. time to pass but, when you're in prison i guess but maybe that's right for his character because it's it's also unsettling because mm. <laughs> it's just weird i did not notice that that's so funny tim <laughs> i just said there was one point he has his shirt off for a lot of the i feel movie, like we'll have I a bit thought, oh. for uh we'll have a bit for things of note let's get on to that okay This should be interesting. 
Maybe that should have been a thing of note. <laughs> yeah, I think that's important. <laughs> chest hair, like Krug's chest hair. His facial hair was very specific. Well, since this was uh, recommend recommended by Stephen King, I just thought I like wanted to hear like, oh, what was his interesting take on it? So just to hear his quote about the film. The murder of Paige and the rape of Marie in the woods are particularly excruciating because there's a sense of filthy reality about these crimes that the depredations of Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees can't match. Mm. There's zero audience rooting going on for the bad guys here. When Marie finally loses the struggle to keep her plain cotton underwear on and we know it's really going to happen, we're filled with rage and sorrow. Our identification is all with the victim. The villains are bad people and they deserve what's coming to them. That's why that's why this movie works. That literally is why because we ha- we we there's zero ex- audience rooting going on for the bad guys. We experience yeah. that moment with her mm-hmm. and then we are so fucking angry about it that if we don't get what we get out of this movie we we don't like this movie yeah and we get what we need to to at least uh what i don't know what the word would be at least like temper that anger Mm -hmm. i would say to almost uh fulfill the the need of some sort of like catharsis or, or rage, you know, to, yeah, to, to, to take back well, some power that, sh- that we've watched her yeah. have taken away. That's yeah. kind of really what it actually, I think does come down to is we get to, to get on board with the parents taking back the power well, as this, best as yeah, they can. It was an interesting example too. If horror films, we, you know, sometimes an easy answer to why one likes them is to, it's a safe space to be scared, but mm-hmm. this is an example where it's a safe space to feel rage in that sense. Yeah. Rage and sorrow to other negative emotions. Yeah. Um, did you recognize Damn, that's crazy. the main gal, the the daughter? I didn't, but I then when d- I, I was realized, like, I, yeah. you know, when, when it first started, I was like, oh shit, who is this actress? We know her. And then she, they showed her and I was like, oh yeah, it's her. But so then I couldn't was, figure out who the fuck she actually was. I, I know her from um, <laughs> Ty West's The Innkeepers, which was, I really like oh, that movie. shit. That's the same girl. Yeah, but she looks, to- she's done up at like totally such a different, different person, right? Oh, fuck. Like, she's such kind of, like, a nerdy, whatever. Because I thought my, my, my first thing was, like, isn't she just, isn't she on Gilmore Girls or something? <laughs> yeah. And I think she was, actually. But, um, fuck, she's the girl in Innkeepers. Yeah. Well, I know you're reading the Wikipedia. What else did you have that was interesting? You well, up? I think one of the most interesting things is just comparing the summaries. Because, I, like I said, I haven't seen the original. And seeing what the original, like the plot like what actually happens in the original that is different than this oh yeah what i was yeah how much of what works for me in this movie is not in the original Mm. and then there are things in the original according to this the breakdown that's on wikipedia that i'm like oh no no i i don't i don't think i would like that Mm -hmm. like there's a like yeah like emma's character actually goes down on the 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 equivalent of Jesse Pinkman's character mm. um in that sort of sort of trying to disarm him and then she bites his penis off <laughs> and i'm like it's it it's now we it's almost parody to me it, 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 at that point like i don't buy that the one thing i i 
I've but seen I have the to film. watch it. Yeah. I gotta watch it. I've to, seen the film really... and kind of my the only thing I kind of remember about it was the impression that it was just sort of more like stuff is happening and there's not the sort of control and mm-hmm. deliberateness that went into this one. Well, and and actually that's one of the things that they say about like Wes Craven being cool with remaking this and having such a big hand in it is, is he's sort of saying like when we made the first one, we were so limited budgetarily, uh, you know, that we couldn't, we couldn't, um, uh, you know, we couldn't pad out and, and, and really work a lot of the things that would make the story sort of filled out and the characters make more sense and the story sort of work better. Mm. We just, didn't have the money to do it. Yeah. So this was an opportunity. That's to, exactly it. To hone it in. It felt on that like stuff. a rust shoot movie. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's that's actually really cool to to you know I'm not a huge proponent of of remakes, but it's it's too good effect in this. Yeah. And I think the ideas that he had from the original that probably just never made it in being able to to hone in on those things and then have other people other artists come in and and work their angles and and enhance the the whole thing into what you get and with respect to it without sort of i don't know like like being overly exploitative or whatever like they yeah. took care to make this movie yeah, the way it is that was the sense i got was the producers one of who Maybe he was on the more exploitive side, not the one who was doing this. Sean S. Cunningham, really quick, interesting, is the guy who made the original Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, uh, Wes Craven and some of the other producers, yeah, you got the sense that they really, yeah, played played a good hand at ushering this in, knowing the intentions going in. And yeah. As you said, like, we're remaking it, yeah, for the reason. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm curious. I, I think the it's I, I almost guarantee I will not have the same reaction to the original that I had to this. <laughs> yeah. For the time though. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. Um oh well this has been a heavy discussion already, Tim. I want to make it heavier by posing this oh, question Jesus. I thought was interesting. Make it okay. even more difficult because okay. when else can we do this? I'm prepared. Do you think this is a question for you? Do you think uh it would have been different? Do you think it was better? The fact that um, they were a white family versus a family of color. Do you think that was intentional? Well, I think it's intentional insofar as that's they probably didn't think beyond that. Yeah. They just wrotely said they, it probably never even come up, came up. So, but so are you saying, okay, so are you positing that? Would this movie be better if it was a, a, a family of color? Or worse. Would it have Wor- worked the same way? I think now, if you made that movie today with a family of color and and white perpetrators, it would be potentially much, much more hard to watch, like like upsetting, because it would speak to even more of things in the world that are that are right bubbling you know at the surface right now um but because of that may be better and more poignant but had that had that been done in 09 i don't think that i think the audience would have been would have rejected too much yeah i think people would have flipped out and that's not i i don't think that they're justified in flipping i just think that 
culturally in the society of 09 it would their brains wouldn't have been able to to deal with it they they would have they would have been like what the fuck is this you know that's a shitty response to it i think that's why i brought it up because i agree again we're no we're no authorities on this but had they done it in 09 that would be fucking ballsy (laughs) and i probably would have been like fuck yeah this movie but maybe, but, it, I, but I, I may not have watched it's it. It's a thing of note, though. I don't know. I think it's interesting because look at in just 10 years how things have progressed in that sense. Yeah. I just thought that was honestly really interesting. That Well, and fuck, dude. Now, I mean, I, this is, I think, why I'm so excited to see us. Right. It's because, like, horror movies are scary again because we have, it feels real again because we're actually casting how people look and are in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, that's a really interesting question because like only Oof. now have, did get out usher in this new wave yeah. of like African-American starring and behind the cameras, like Blumhouse films and horror yeah. films, you know? And yeah, finally, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the vampire one we watched, you know? Well, and I'll tell you what I, there, the podcast that I recommended last time, one of the seasons is on the Mississippi burning case, mm-hmm. which is all about, you know? white supremacy in mississippi killing black people and and it just being kind of the fucking norm in the way it was and dude you make the oh man <laughs> so you start making movies that are sort of tapping on that yeah so there was that woo, that angle man, just as far heavy. as like just as far as is something i think that's all indicative of what i bring up is when something's too progressive or not you know being indicative of where what culture's at how do you push something forward just the right amount but i was also wondering you know would it have been the same thing and i guess this is actually kind of already answered but you know like there's something about the uh when he calls her you know your prom queen daughter or Mm -hmm. whatever what i did Mm -hmm. to her like there's something about the the stereotypical whiteness of that idea well actually you know that's a good point because i think what what having it be a white family does do they're rich and remember they hate they kind of hate them because they're white and rich that's right and that does sort of speak to another thing that is important to speak is that no matter how fucking rich you are dude bad shit can happen to you too you are not fucking you know you are not on your little hill above everybody like it's important to remember that we're all humans yeah right like status is not going to keep you safe necessarily right you know like you can try you can be an asshole and you can be in a gate you know, well sorry i don't mean to say all people in gated communities are assholes but like you can insulate yourself as much as you want from the world but you're still living in the world and right. so on both sides you are not necessarily safe and you have a responsibility to live in the world with other other human beings and understand that they exist yeah so i think that that is working in this yeah. So this, I'm glad. I'm glad we went there. Thank you. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> but I wanted to say, yeah. you know, we we said this for other things too. Like we want to hear from you. We again, we're. This is like so hard to talk about when like none yeah. of us profess to be an authority on it. So please, if you're like screaming at us or you're just like want to say something <laughs> oh, so bad, yeah. like we will play it on our show. Like whether yeah. it's about the discussion of this movie overall or what we just spoke to here and there. Like we are. Yeah, if we if we had a call in thing right now, it would be great, but we don't. Sorry, yeah. you know. <laughs> and 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 yeah, all, and for real, if if because of our limited perspective, right? Like we we, as much as I think you and I 
try we're movie fans <laughs> right but we we do try to live in the world and 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 see other perspectives we aren't other perspectives no so we can we can only go so far in that and if we need to be kind of whatever you would call that taught better or even just something to expound on too yeah like please you know by all means do that yeah did you have anything else or things to note um i'm just kind of no i mean i looked at like how well the movie did and there's a part of me that goes because i liked it why didn't it do better and then there's a part of me of like no it's fine i get it <laughs> i thought this was interesting we talked about you know in a, a few times here how the main bad guy krug which is such a perfect name for a main bad guy i'm glad they kept yeah. that that um you know embodiment of that like yeah i guess you know such such evil such just evil you know he is lacking any sort mm-hmm. of humanity that we're able to at least tune into mm-hmm. he plays it well though it's got to be there somehow i thought this was really interesting this was from like some casting information about it i'm gonna read how the actor who played krug dillahunt he attempted to humanize krug by approaching the character more as a man who feels some love for his son yeah. but is bitter about how his life has turned out and is fearful that he is losing his position as the leader he further clarifies this is the actor talking that krug fails to take responsibility for his own actions instead blaming others and prefers to deliver his own twisted justice to those he feels have wronged him so that's what we brought up at the yeah. beginning this is his own twisted justice this is his own worldview but i think it's a, i don't think that first thing about him feeling bitter how his life has turned out fearful of losing his position as the leader his love for his son none of that came through for me and that's a good thing yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. i think it spoke stronger to the theme and sort of making him the villain in the sense that made the movie work and and that was the actor's take on on it that was the actor that's where that's, he was coming from yeah that's good it, i mean yeah, i think it, that's it good that it, he built that but right. he we didn't have to know that right because if it the movie seemed to eschew you know that he's fearful the idea that he'd be fearful of losing his position as a leader no we shouldn't see any fear on him even though this kind of like ultimate anger and what his worldview is coming from a deeply fearful place Mm -hmm. it's you know it's still hard to make that connection when it's so disparate you know um or i mean you could say it's not disparate at all it's just he's really afraid right but um he's any idea you know the movie not presenting the idea that he's fearful of losing his position as a leader takes away a, oh we see that he's scared actually any notion yeah. of that so that was a good thing i just thought it was a good interesting example of an actor's approach bringing something to the character as far as dimensionality but it not even needing to be apparent in the end result absolutely that's cool um the only other thing that i think is of note is um just what else this director has done which is not a whole lot this is his second feature of four and i have never heard of any of them it was the first one i was reading a bit about sounded pretty intense what was the name of it hardcore is a greek drama film um uh what is it about (laughs) i don't even know what it's about you had said it it's i don't know what it was about but i just read that there was some there's like, some really intense shit in it. It's called hardcore, so shocking. Yeah. Um, but I guess he's Greek, this guy. But it was sort of the um it was his 
his realistic approach in sort of extreme oh, right. situations, yeah. how he dealt with the actors and the characters presenting them a certain way that yeah. it wasn't that that made the filmmakers or the producers want to enlist him for this versus like a horror movie filmmaker yeah. per se. So the other movies he's done are Plus One, which is something that's been on Netflix forever. I don't know if it still is. I I don't think I ever turned it on. And uh, Delirium, which is, I think, also on Netflix. Um, and I have not watched that either. It has Topher Grace and pa- Patricia Clarkson. And I don't love Topher Grace, so I just refuse to watch it. But maybe I will now. Tim, I'm sorry. I'm going to sound like an asshole here, but I didn't really think as interesting to know what that you haven't seen any of these filmmakers other films have nothing to say about them <laughs> um they, they exist <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> fuck you just fucking ryan just put my head in a microwave fucking turn that shit on damn no but i said yeah i think brutal that he did one movie before it though that's what you started off saying yeah that is interesting yeah the trajectory of what brought him here but maybe you're just saying more so it's like now you're kind of curious to see his other films i think that's all yeah that's Um, funny i had with the first thing i looked up like before we watched this movie you know what comes up this is my last thing i had written on a it looks like written on the first of this year an amazon reviewer on amazon (laughs) they titled the review reviewer named chris they titled the review a snuff film which Amazon needs to remove, exclamation point. They gave it one out of five stars. Wait, for House on the Last House on the Left? Yeah. This film. I think it was just Okay. I think it was just good to uh but but what was interesting to me there as as they get talking here. So uh oh they say they would if if what did they say? If Amazon had any decency, they would remove this movie from their collection on Prime. So they said, though, what was interesting, that it was in the first, like, seconds of the, um, or the guy's last seconds alive of the blood dripping on the picture of his daughter, that she thought uh, that they that the film went too far at that point, and she was, you know, he, sorry, was over it. Um, but then <laughs> a little over the line, but not nearly as grotesque as what happens about 35 minutes later. So when it got to the scene, they just turned it off and stopped watching. Well, but it gets that was kind of interesting. What gets more interesting is that they reveal that they were watching the film, though, that 35 minutes, the minutes that they watched through the X-ray trivia through Amazon, which is something that shows little like bits of trivia popping up as you're watching the movie. (laughs) So then they go on this tangent about one of the actors appearing in Breaking Bad and how the Jesse is in Breaking Bad. But I just... There was, I don't know what it is, Tim. Maybe if you think so too. Byslow is so interesting that this person who only made it 35 minutes through with this movie was also watching it with this Amazon like special features pop up thing. I mean, it's like the worst recipe for hating a movie. Yeah. I mean, granted, that's why I'm like, am I alone in this? Because granted, of course, they aren't wrong in, you know, being offended by the content. Sure. But uh, I it had a, quite a bit of gall to assume that of everyone, I think. Yes. <laughs> and the it, fact that they didn't finish it's it. It's a little indicative of maybe, like, if if the blood dripping on the, the daughter's pictures in the opening scene is a clutch your pearls moment for them, 
why what other movies have they watched why did they keep watching after that point too yeah i mean if that's interesting well okay anyways it's okay because seven (laughs) people found this review helpful oh well good that's good seven fewer people who got to see this and i don't mean to like i get i sorry i feel like this worried that this coming across as just ragging on this guy chris while we were like talking up stephen king's quote who i don't look up to for everything (laughs) because he thought the shining was bad and thought the new it was good right well (laughs) it's all with a grain of salt you know yeah life um you ready to pull from that hat tim and see what we're watching next week no because we got to recommend dead some shit yo you're right i'm just so excited (laughs) let's recommend dead some things okay what do you got well i have I gotta bring it up here. Sorry, I thought you. Uh, I thought you were gonna go, Tim. Okay, I can go. Go. Okay, for once I have one. Um, so I've read a lot of comic books and been into comic books for a long time, and I have never read Sandman, which is Neil Gaiman. And I finally picked up the first volume uh, of it, and. It's twisted, man. I'm not that far into it, but it's really cool and it's dark. And as my friend Amy Dallin, who works at the comic store um, and does all sorts of amazing other stuff. She doesn't just work at a comic store. She just likes working there. Um, She was like, it's 80s-tastic, but it's great. And she is not wrong. It is really fucking cool. And I don't even want to get into it of what it is. Like, it's, it's widely known to be amazing. So... If you're into comic books and you haven't read Sandman yet, Sandman. get into it. I'd always see it. What's it kind of about? I'm not sure I'm at I can really even say yet. Cool. I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. Um I'm not far enough in, but I guess it is uh I I don't All I right. don't even know where I would start. There it, it has to do with dreams and sleep. Who would you and recommend supernatural it? Supernatural shit. Who would you recommend? So if you like supernatural, yeah, supernatural stuff. Um, it's got kind of a fun '80s goth vibe thing going on in the artwork, which I I'm digging. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna get weird. I mean, it's already kind of weird because I'm just in the like the beginnings of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to connect the dots and figure out what the thread is, but. I have the feeling and that because of the writer, it's going to get real trippy. Cool. So I think it's going to be very psychological, trippy, like maybe lots of dimensions, maybe lots of time stuff, lots of dream shit. Well, speaking of... Looks cool. Lots of trippy psychological time stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> My Recommendation is a film that messed me up when I was watching it. Wait, can I guess? Yeah. Is it... um, I'd mentioned it to you already. Is it uh, Garfield 2? No. Okay. Garfield 4. (laughs) It's called Toad Road. Oh, yeah. What a title, right? It's great. Yeah. Um, It's on Shudder. I was like, I started a couple movies. I'm like, not feeling it, not feeling it. But then I turn on Toad Road and it grabbed me from the get go. First, I'm like, wait, is this is really bad? Because it was it's more in the vein of like a pseudo found footage film or Harmony Corinne film or something. But then after the first scene, I knew it was that. And I'm like, oh, my God, if this is a horror, which like, you know, when films like that, they really get to me as being starkly realistic. Mm hmm. 
So like, oh my God, if this is a horror film, like where is this going to go? And then they started like, it's all about these people doing psychedelics and stuff Uh and like saying all these (laughs) things about them and like what it does. And anyway, it has like, uh, now hang on, let me clarify. It's toad road, T O W E D or T O A D. No, like the frog T O A D. Okay, Okay, cool. Um, toad road. It's, which is basically like a, um, it's sort of, they, it's almost like not a horror movie until it gets to the moment, you know, kind okay. of thing, the the horror moment. But it is because they set up this place that's like Toad Road. It's where this stuff happens. It's an urban legend, da-da-da. Oh, cool. And, um, oh, my God, Tim, like the scare moment, I hadn't been like like talk when you were like oh right you want to be scared and you said you were like i was sitting in my apartment by myself with the lights off watching watching this. with headphones <laughs> and it like awesome. came at me and i just like i, I went there and like oh my god did a little drop of pee come out <laughs> no just like one drop <laughs> <laughs> not that i recall tim uh maybe uh-huh. um did anyway, it, did did your cat get scared? <laughs> no, Aww. he's probably looking at me like what? But um, <laughs> anyway, that's I don't want to say more. Cool. Toad Road is great. It stuck with me in a way like a uh, different way, but that and the house that Jack built were both kind of really under their skin movies for cool. me this year. I've watched. Nice. Though Toad Road's like more like eight years old, something like that. Okay. Seven years old. Cool. Well, should we pull? Now, now we can. Okay, your turn. All right, here we go. Here we go. There's, I forgot to take the other shit. Oh, it's my watch. I put my watch in there for some reason. I don't know why. Okay, here we go. You ready? Fuck. Should I pull something else? It's another Argento film. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? No, we wanted to watch them. Okay. It's called Deep Red. It's 1975. I wonder if this is the one I've actually seen that made me not as interested in Giallo, <laughs> Giallo. Cool, dude. I mean, fuck, I'm into it. Yeah. No, I think it's... How many of these did we put in there? <laughs> Damn it. All the ones we wanted to see. Did you put them in or did I as far as these uh, Argento films? I think I did. <laughs> Which I'm fi- That's great. You wanted to see them? Yeah. It's happening for a reason. We got to trust the hat at this trust point, Tim. We just said what? It's, our, it's our serendipity that's right. cap. Cool, man. Let's go with it. Watch it with us. 1975 Deep Red Red next week. Sweet. All right. Well, you can find us on dismemberinghorror.com and on Instagram, dismemberinghorror, and on Twitter at dishorrorpod and at Mayor McDuffie and at Tim Aslan. At Mayor McDuffie on Instagram, Ryan McDuffie on Twitter. There you go. That it? That's it. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for uh, slogging through a heavier one. Yeah. Even though, you know. We did it. (laughs) We did it. So I hope you join us for the next one, too. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.